2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, buddy. Are you going to ask about what's on my head? Huh? Are you gonna ask what's about about what's on my head?
0: <clears throat> I didn't know if it was appropriate or not to ask uh, about what's going on with your headwear.
2: <laughs> I'm just wearing a t-shirt towel. Oh, because uh, I just washed my hair, so
0: a t-shirt
2: towel. Yeah,
0: is that uh, no? I've never heard of a t-shirt towel before. I'm mm-hmm. uh, are you have a t-shirt? I have heard of a T-shirt and I have heard of a towel uh, separately.
2: Okay. Um.
0: Uh, but I have only known one type of towel. Um. Uh, well, I guess I've known uh, multiple types of towel. But the uh, the purpose of a towel is to dry myself off. Um. If I think of a T-shirt, I'm not. I don't think of something that I would use to dry myself off with. Okay. Um. So how does that work? Well, I'll take my answer uh- offline. <laughs>
2: Oh, you don't want to hear it. Instead of using like a regular, you know, like we all grew up like, I mean, I don't know if you ever did because I don't know if boys do this, but like, you know, for ladies, you wrap your head in a big, wet, big old towel to dry your hair and you do do that upside down thing and then you twist it and you pull it up. It's awful for your hair. Terrible to use a regular towel like that. Yeah. So you use either a microfiber towel or a t-shirt towel um, because it doesn't pull on your head. So yeah. after we finish recording, I have to dry my hair. So for now, I just have it in this T-shirt towel turban. So, so I'm so glad we yeah, are so talking you're- about something that is a visual item in <laughs> an audio medium.
0: I think we could work our way through because as soon as you said um, it's terrible for your hair, I knew exactly why it was terrible for your hair because of the weight. The weight of the towel obviously pulls on your hair. Yeah. Um, So then what is the purpose of what you're doing right now? Because if you're still going to dry your hair later, what is the T-shirt? like?
2: This doesn't pull on my hair. And Uh also it uh, it doesn't like suck all the moisture out of my strands. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, today's episode, before we get started, Mm -hmm. can I just say something? So last week when we talked about Ramadan... Mm -hmm. I sounded like a miserable, miserable person, okay? And I just want to address that for a minute. Um, First of all, there were a lot of people that responded that said, hey, I appreciate you because I also feel that way sometimes and I feel like I've never heard anybody talk about it that way. I was like, okay, great, wonderful. But for a lot of people who, like, are not Muslim and then they hear me, like, complaining about it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just want to say that – the solution is that I got on a new antidepressant and I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God, that curved. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? Oh, no.
0: I uh, no! I thought you were going to talk about, you know, although it's hard, um, the spiritual <laughs> benefits of it uh, are, you know, they do help me out in my journey through life and all of that stuff. But no, we went straight to medicinal, which is great. I'm all for medicinal.
2: Yeah. So if uh, something that you're doing is making you depressed, take medicine that can help you with your depression. Yes. Of course. So that's good. So
0: So the cure to Ramadan is antidepressants, is what I'm getting from this conversation.
2: Yeah. I think the cure to doing anything that you don't want to do, that you. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think the cure to doing anything that makes you sad that you have to do Mm -hmm. um, in order to continue your life as you'd like to live it is to take, uh, number one, get therapy and find out whether you really want to be doing it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then um, if you really do want to do it and it's really, really hard for you and it's getting you down in the dumps and then you go see a doctor and the doctor says, hey, you've got signs of depression and anxiety. You should get medication.
0: Yeah, of course. I think, you know, in general, I think it it doesn't, obviously, we were joking about it, jumping straight to medicinal, right? But that is mm-hmm. a very viable option. And it's an option for a reason, right? It's mm-hmm. basically just taking care of your mental health, whatever that means to you, however you address it. And one of the best ways, obviously, of treating mental health is with all of the tools that are out there. And there's a reason why psychiatrists exist. And there's a reason why therapists exist. So if that's what they recommend. And take their recommendation.
2: Well, the woke agenda really got to you, huh? <laughs> I
0: was just no. I thought I, I thought we were going in a different direction. You went straight to um, the the medicine. And I was like, okay.
2: Well, you have you take medicinal things to help you out, not during Ramadan, but other times of the year.
0: Yeah, totally not during Ramadan. Um, <laughs> I think you have to find whatever works for you, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yes, there are medicinal things that help me
1: uh, mm-hmm. because
0: there's uh, life has a lot of challenges, um, yeah. as everybody's life does. So I have to find a way to navigate through all that, right? Um, yeah. There, I take I still take melatonin to sleep because I need help sleeping. I'm a terrible sleeper. Yeah. And uh, I work out when I need to work out because that seems to be helping me. So that's the reason why I continue to do it. So yeah, whatever it is,
1: yeah.
2: sure, that's good. <laughs> Um, But, hey, FYI, we're 17 days into Ramadan, right? 18 days. 17? Are we? No, we're not. No, we're we're sorry. I'm so sorry. We're Hmm. 13 days into Ramadan. Yeah. I was thinking about how many days we have left until the end of Ramadan. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are in 13 days. How are you feeling?
0: You know, knock on wood, it's been a very – I don't want to say easy Ramadan because it's never easy, mm-hmm. but it's been very manageable for me. Um, I think a, a part of it is just figuring out my routine. Uh, part of it is uh, I am lucky enough to work in the manner that I am able to work, which a lot of people can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I work, I kind of make my own hours. I go into the office one day a week. And when I'm in the office, uh, my coworkers and my bosses are very uh, kind uh, with how I'm working. So. Well, I nice. this is the first year where I was like, okay, you know what? Let me actually like game plan this shit rather than you know just kind of going into it uh, blind. Um, and it seemed it seems to have worked for me,
2: so I'm grateful. That's great, wonderful. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Anytime I'm nice to you, I feel like it's with a tinge of condescension, and I don't know how to turn it off.
0: Uh, anytime you're kind to me, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop.
2: Because- <laughs> it's terrifying, isn't it? It's oh my god, so scary. Um, okay, listen. Uh, very exciting times for you because this episode we're gonna do a lot of sports talk, and yeah, you love that because sports things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know people are getting on the internet what takes about women's basketball. <laughs> they don't even fucking watch it. Okay, nope. Uh, women's NCAA championship was going on against. Honestly, I just know the one team is LSU. I don't even know what team Caitlin Clark is on. Iowa. I didn't know that Iowa even had a great basketball team. I saw those colors and I was like, what is that, Duke? Like, I don't know.
0: Duke is blue and white. Iowa is uh, (laughs) black and yellow.
2: Oh, that's black and yellow? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I couldn't even tell.
0: Anyway. PSA about getting your eyes checked. (laughs) (laughs)
2: so yesterday uh was the championship game is that correct that is correct okay so yesterday was a championship game lsu won and all of a sudden the entire it's the word classless was trending oh classless (laughs) what's classless what happened who did something classless is it that is it because trump is getting indicted over a classless thing what happened what's so classless and what they thought was classless was this uh player angel reese doing essentially um the john cena you can't see me or jazz hands at another player and pointing to her ring finger to say i won right mm-hmm. everybody's like oh she's so classless somebody was like she's not raised right what does this say about her coaching like people just you know what it reminded me of i'm not gonna lie to you real it reminded me of people's reaction to the slap <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is so wrong Oh, I can't
0: wait to get into this with you. No, so people,
2: people, first of all, you need to relax. It's still the month of Ramadan, and I know the sun is down, but you need to calm the fuck down, okay? Uh, I
0: need to consult my medicinals uh, to calm down.
2: (laughs) Okay. No, but jokes aside, people were, like, losing it. And mm-hmm. I went to go see what happened, and essentially, Angel Reuse is a super-duper talented— She's the MVP for LSU, right? She's the MVP of the NCAA championship. And LSU was the underdog? Uh,
0: I'm not sure if they were the underdog or not. I know that um, I know that they weren't the big story coming into the game.
2: Yeah, because everybody's talking about Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. She's a white girl from Iowa, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she's very, very good. She's a mm-hmm. star athlete. Like she's being, yes. I think everybody, I think everybody is nationally talking about her because she's like just very, very good. And so everybody was, I think, expecting Iowa to win. Um, LSU is also known right now because they've got a head coach who wears very, very uh, interesting clothing. So yes. there's Kim like, Mulkey. huh? Kim what?
0: Mulkey is her name.
2: Yeah. So anyway, that's sort of like my understanding of what happened. And then everybody just went bananas. Cuckoo, banunu. They started tweeting about how terrible and classless it was for um, for Angel Reese to do that gesture at Caitlin Clark. Um, and it just felt to me ridiculous. But mm-hmm. why don't you talk about it from your perspective as a person who – so the only reason I want to hear about your thoughts is because you actually give a shit. Number one about women's basketball, you've mentioned it yes. many times on this podcast. That's right. It's your number one way of supporting feminism is by watching <laughs> ladies play basketball. That's um, right. And so you actually give a shit, mm-hmm. and I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. And and you're oh, not gosh. you're not Dave Portnoy, and this isn't barstool sports. So, all
0: right. So there's um. <clears throat> The thing is, I think there's multiple layers that you want to, that I'd like to approach this with, Sure. Right? Um, because it is worth it. It is actually worth it to have like an actual conversation about everything that you see, right? So um, I guess the first place where I would start, right, is just watching the game. If you're watching the game within the context of the game, right? Um, within the context of the game, taunting trash talk in basketball is awesome. It is fun. When it's happening, Mm -hmm. it's fun to see people go back and forth. And it's fun to see people, you know, kind of uh, talk trash and then back it up, which is the best, which is Mm -hmm. the reason why we loved AI, which is the reason why people love Kobe. It's the reason why I love Michael Jordan, because he always came through after he started the thing. Right. So within the context of basketball, I love trash talk. Mm -hmm. Watching the end of that. And I, I know that this may sound like you're nitpicking. Um, but the end of that is a little bit different. Like the context of it is a little bit different. And the difference is is this. The game at that point uh, was over, right? And it's not the hand gesture, I think, that people are reacting to. And mm-hmm. it's not the putting, uh, you know, like, uh, like pointing to the ring finger and saying that, hey, ring me or whatever. Stupid people are doing that. <laughs> Stupid people will do that, right? But I think to the casual sports fan, the thing that stuck out is it's the end of the game. LSU has clearly already won. They've won the game. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the fact that Angel Reese was kind of coming up to Caitlin Clark and kind of following her around, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, Caitlin Clark can't get out of the way of Angel Reese because Angel Reese is following her and Mm -hmm. saying, hey, you know, she's doing the exact same hand gestures that Caitlin Clark She's
2: like, yo, yo, yeah. She's mocking her. Yeah. yeah, she's
0: mocking her, right? So right. when I'm watching sports, right, in that context, I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Right away, I'm like, you know what? I don't love that because at that point, I'm like, oh, you know, the other player must feel like shit, right? Yeah. And because in a sense, the game is over. If mm-hmm. it's going on while the game is still, you know, where there's still some back and forth,
1: mm-hmm. then it's
0: a little bit different for, mo- for, for most sports fans, right? Sure. So I think okay. that's where... If you want to say why there's even a debate, I think that's that that little sliver is why there's even a debate. Otherwise, there's absolutely no debate. Otherwise, okay. it's just a stupid thing, right? Otherwise, it's just racist being racist. Mm-hmm. So you see that and then, okay, so let's take a step back from that, right? The game yesterday I just read was the highest rated women's college basketball game ever. Mm-hmm. It shattered the records, right? The primary reason for that is Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark was the biggest star in all of college basketball, men's or women, right? She was the biggest brand in college basketball. And it's not, you know, a big part of that is her profile, which is she is this, you know, lack of a better word, uh, like, you know, scrawny white girl. Like she's mm-hmm. like, a, you know, she's not... And she is fearless in the way that she plays. So it's exciting. Mm-hmm. So when I started you know, following Caitlin Clark, which is probably like, I don't know, a couple of months ago, because, you know, that's when she started coming up for casual sports fans, because mm-hmm. she scores like she she basically plays the way that Steph Curry plays, mm-hmm. which is takes, you know, deep threes. It's fearless, shoots it from different angles. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, a badass in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So Caitlin Clark is a huge star. There are some people that will say, "Well, Caitlin Clark was a huge star. She's the reason why the why the why the women's college basketball is such a big deal this year.
1: Mm-hmm. People
0: should be like grateful for the fact that Caitlin Clark is bringing eyes to the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Which is true in one sense, but it's also a, a, a part of it is how Caitlin Clark has been packaged and shown to us, right?" Yeah. Caitlin Clark is a badass. Caitlin Clark plays really well. That doesn't mean that there aren't thousands of other women basketball players female basketball players that have been that haven't been doing this the entire year. Yep. I think Iowa was ranked number three l s u was ranked number two l s u is a better team. You don't mm-hmm. just become a better team by coaching. you become mm-hmm. a better team because you have great players. Angel Reese is a great player.
2: Yeah. I didn't know
0: about Angel Reese until like. Before the final four started. And the reason why I knew about Angel Reese is, so then you take another step back, right? The thing that people are pointing out is Caitlin Clark has been a trash talker this entire season. And you've seen that. She's doing the the same hand gesture move that uh, that Angel Reese did. Um, And the bigger thing to me is, I think it was in the semifinal or maybe the game before, it's how she was defending one of the players. I think mm-hmm. it was probably the semifinal where she left the person wide open and she also waved her off, right? Yeah. Which is just like, oh, it doesn't matter. She's she's not going to take it through, which is highly disrespectful. Um, yeah. If you if you play uh, any sports and you are left wide open, as I often am because I suck, you know how <laughs> much that hurts, you know, to feel that way. You're like, oh, fuck, Caitlin Clark, don't Me- do that shit. That's Being
2: left up. wide open is my dream. I'm like, don't. Just you know don't what? Don't even bother. All. Don't not this way. I'm not here. I'm not no, here. I'm not here. Sure I'm not here.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Angel Reese, if you if you if you if you read up uh, on the on the game before it happened, Angel Reese said that. It's not like, you know, she came into this and she just decided to um you know get in Caitlin Clark's face. She said The way that uh, Iowa was playing defense was disrespectful and because it was in a way it was because they were leaving Mm -hmm. players wide open and they would just say, hey, you can't shoot it. Right. And what Angel Reese said was that that's not going to work against us because Mm -hmm. we have shooters and we will knock them down. Right. Mm -hmm. So the story was already there. This Mm -hmm. rivalry uh, was already there. It was. I don't think a lot of people paid attention to it because the entire story has been about Caitlin Clark. Everyone is just so happy about Caitlin Clark, but she's not the only person who's in this game, right? There's nine other people on the floor while she's playing basketball, and those nine other people have a right to put up their best effort also, and Mm -hmm. when they do well, you'd let people know about it because that's a part of sports, right? So- that is something that people were not taking into account, right? And it's like, okay, well, I think some of the things that I've seen is, you know, people saying, oh, you know, people are jealous of Caitlin Clark because she has, you know, she is such a big brand and she has all this, all this other stuff, right? And the thing is that it's such a bullshit argument mm-hmm. because women, no, none of the college athletes get paid. To play Mm -hmm. basketball for men, there is um, there is there are more avenues to make money from playing the sport that you love than for women. Right. For women, the one of the greatest basketball players of all time, uh, one of the greatest college basketball players of all time, one of the greatest WNBA players of all time, had to be stuck in a Russian prison for like four months because she needed to play in Russia to feed her family essentially, yeah. to make mm-hmm. a living, right? So, yeah. you know, when you are just focusing on one person like Caitlin Clark, like the way that the media has, the other people have a right to feel a certain way about it. Yeah. So that's another thing that happened, right? That's another thing that you have to take into consideration. The people that, um, you know, people like Angel Reese don't get shine and they don't get shine because, of, because they don't fit a profile, because yeah. they don't fit a narrative. And if you listen to what Angel Reese said afterwards, that's exactly what she said. She said, yep. OK, I'm not I, I'm not going to fit into your narrative.
1: Yep.
0: I'm OK with that. Right. I'm OK because I did. I acted the way that I acted and I have no regrets because it's bigger than me. And she's completely right about that. It is yep. bigger than her. Yeah. More women college basketball players should be given the spotlight the way that Caitlin Clark was given the spotlight, you know, but they never do. Because it's just not popular or whatever. So that's another thing, right? And then um, finally, like the way that college sports in general, especially women's college sports are done or sold, it's always been about the coaches, right? You never focus on the players, you focus on, even when you're talking about great rivalries or whatever, you talk about Pat Summit versus Gino Auriemma, or even yeah. this Kim Mulkey lady, right? Kim Mulkey is a legend. I think she won three championships with Baylor. She won before that too, some other place. And this is her second year at LSU, and she won. But Kim Mulkey is also a character. Um, yeah. She dresses up in a certain way. She's very animated on the sidelines. And as a result, Kim Mulkey makes a shitload of money. She mm-hmm. makes, you know, money off of kind of the work off of her players, but, you know, all they get for it in return is a moment of whatever, of, yeah. of whatever, right? So with all that taken into account, is it are Angel Reese's actions something that I still love to see? No, because I don't like to see taunting like that, whatever. But it's not. It's not the end of the world. Anybody who's calling her classless in that moment is obviously using this incident as a reason to, you know, further their agenda. And that shit is exhausting and it's obvious and it's gross and it needs to stop. And I think Mm -hmm. the ultimately, you know, what will happen is next year the sport is going to be bigger as a result. Right. Yeah. Both Caitlin Clark's uh, play this year and Angel Reese's play and what she did at the end of that game are going to make it more interesting next year, which is ultimately what women's sports needs. Women's sports needs storylines. Unfortunately, that is how sports gets old because of the drama. And they're both, I think they're both juniors this year. So they're both coming back next year. So they're both going to be in it next year. So next year, this is going to be a big rivalry, hopefully. And it's going to be great. Um, yeah. so you know i think it nets out to a positive for me it nets out to an okay and anybody who has who is kind of nitpicking uh who is going anything who's doing anything further than that, is just kind of being an asshole at this point because they have an agenda and yeah that is something that we have to kind of get rid of and i think a lot of it is like you know sports the uh, twitter is amazing for sports because you get knee-jerk reactions mm-hmm. but it is not always sophisticated. It is not always as, you know, as thought out as it needs to be. So people see something, they feel the urge to tweet something, and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The saddest part about it is the game itself, there were, there are two amazing things that any sports fan should be talking about today. The first one is the refs fucked up that game. The refs mm-hmm. were terrible that game and they kind of mess it up and they didn't help with, Kind of the tension in the air. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is the thing that we loved about Caitlin Clark the entire season, right? Her fearlessness, her shot making ability, the way that she would always kind of live up to the moment. We did get that yesterday, only it wasn't from Caitlin Clark. It was in the second quarter from this, uh, this player named, uh, Jasmine, uh, Carson. She, Mm -hmm. Jasmine Carson is, um, she is, uh, uh, she's on the bench. Right. She's a role player for LSU in the last three games. She had zero points because Mm -hmm. that's not the role that she plays on the, uh, on the team because of all the fouls that happened yesterday. Jasmine Clark in the second quarter scored 18 points in like seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And if you watch those highlights, like watching it live and watching those highlights, it is fucking awesome. She is doing she, you see her like make the first three and then you just see her confidence build slowly over the next eight minutes and then she hits a buzzer beater at the end of the second quarter that is an incredible story that is the best part of sports that is the part where you know you are witnessing somebody at the height of their craft you're witnessing somebody kind of take you know take uh, like grab the moment that they're given and kind of live up to it in all its entirety right and it's like that should have been what what we should have been yeah. talking about today. Yeah, everything else can hopefully just kind of go to the wayside, and um, and we can just follow the we can just follow the game, and the game is just so awesome to just to watch on its so. own.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, well, thank you for all of that. That was very insightful, and I think it is important to think about it in different layers. I think for me as a woman, um, mm-hmm. I have to like I immediately think about like when there are and look there are men who report on sports i know that but there is a way right that we we wish that we lived in a society where everybody could talk about everybody the exact same way but we don't right we live in a world where yes you people people of privilege have to be more thoughtful about how we talk about marginalized people men have to be thoughtful about how they report on women uh, white people have to be thoughtful about how they report on black people. That is just the reality of the situation. That is the world yeah. that we live in, right? Because marginalized people have to be um, – have you do have to change the way you speak about certain groups of people. And that makes sense because it's the least fucking thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. I think what frustrated me with like – I'm not even going to talk about David Portnoy because he's a piece of shit. But like Keith Olbermann – tweeted what a fucking idiot about her about angel reese and then like two tweets later was like i was mistaken i actually don't even really watch the game and i didn't know that like caitlin clark has been doing the you can't see me thing so like it was my mistake if you want to hear me apologize more listen my podcast i was like you fucking snake (laughs) like first of all you're like profiting off of this get the fuck out of here Keith Oberman. but like yeah. you know you have men you have these white men that get on and and it's it, yeah it's one thing like you have trolls on Twitter or whatever but you have people with platforms yeah men with platforms there's a there was a Hispanic reporter I forgot his name but he was like oh my god like you could just tell Caitlin Clark was raised right because she had no reaction <laughs> to Angel Race doing it, it's like there's it nothing to do with these things have nothing to do with each other and we think like Who cares? That person's an idiot. But unfortunately, because these people have platforms, because these people are listened to, because people are impressionable in the world, if you have an ounce, if you have an ounce of bias within you, you see something like that, and it only furthers your bias or your belief that, yes, Angel Reese is a classless Black woman, and Caitlin Clark is raised right, and she is so fierce, and she is such a badass, and she's so passionate, and Angel Reese is ruining the game like that's the thing is like yeah we can laugh about it because we're like that's so fucking preposterous but Mm -hmm. the reality of the world is that we do live in a world where people do believe those things the people want somebody with a like big platform to say that so that they could like double, triple down on their own belief that like, good God, this aggressive black woman did this super aggressive thing. It wasn't that fuck. It wasn't aggressive. It was taunting. Yes, it was whatever. It was like shit that people do in football. Like, And yes, Mm -hmm. in football, you get fined for it. Things happen, whatever. But the the fact of the matter is for the last two weeks, Caitlin Clark is being celebrated for being a clapback queen. And yeah. being such a badass. There's another player named um, Haley Van Lith. She's a mm-hmm. she plays for the Louisville Cardinals team, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think she's had a couple of games where she was yeah. really, she was like she's been seen and talked about for like swearing at people on the court and all that stuff. Celebrated. She's considered passionate. She's considered fiery. That's the way we want to see women's basketball. Women should be allowed to be, you know, a, like. They should be able. When we're talking about white women doing these things, it's all talk about women's basketball can be just as tough as men's basketball and can be just as um, you yeah. know exciting as men's basketball. But when we talk about a, about a black woman doing something like that, it's immediately it's aggressive, it's tainted. Now we're only talking about this. This is the only thing that matters. And it's like, well, we're only talking about it because you guys are making it about this and it's not about sure. that. She doesn't fit into your narrative. She doesn't fit into your box, but it doesn't fucking matter because she's still a great, great athlete. Um, one of my friends, Stephanie, she's a host of Mocha Minutes podcast. She's a black woman. And she said something really important, which is there's a lot of white people, white sports fans who like black athleticism but do not mm-hmm. like black athletes and yep. there's and that is uh it becomes evident anytime a black athlete does something that they were not expecting them to do or does something yep. that is not you know uh socially acceptable and then suddenly it's you know this is ghetto this is hood this is aggressive it's all those things so yeah. it also comes down to how like sports is reported on. I think like you and I were texting about this earlier. It's how sports is reported on. It's how women are reported on. It's how black people are reported on. Yeah. All those things matter. And unfortunately, because so much of news and social media and, and how people talk about these things is based a lot off of how Twitter or social media takes it. We end up getting in a situation. So we're not talking about the implications of, uh, of how, we view black like not the just like how society breaks down the actions of black people when they're in mm-hmm. the public light in, in public positions and or in the spotlight. And it's deeply, deeply unfair. It is. So I think,
0: you know, in general, I think we're in this uh, era uh, when it comes to sports media where I'm hoping that it gets better because I, mm-hmm. I kind of do see it trending in a way that it is better. Right. So right now, there is a lot of money to be made being in that gray area where yeah, you, you can get away mm-hmm. with with your fucking bullshit takes um, that are rooted in racism, and you can kind of uh, you can kind of justify them by bringing it back to sports and bringing it back to like these uh, notions of like sportsmanship because you are not coming out and just being outright racist, right? But there are people. Like, so somebody like Skip Bayless, you know who Skip Bayless
2: is, Of course I do.
0: Yeah. So Skip Bayless, he is obviously a troll. When he's talking about LeBron James, he is obviously, you know, he is, he, the the, the language that he's using, the the way that he wants to uh, further his agenda, it is obviously rooted in racism. Anybody that looks at LeBron James and doesn't just see a magnificent human being in all aspects, right a magnificent athlete and a and a magnificent person for the stuff that he does off the court is a fucking asshole and that mm-hmm. is a stupid take to take right but because of the way that you know sports is consumed by a lot of fans you want to you know if you if you are anti lebron if you don't like him if you don't like his team and if you also kind of don't like his political views but you don't want to come out and say the fact that you know you don't like that lebron is you know using his platform in the best possible way uh, because you would you would rather not talk about it you'd rather not think about it right you can you can eat up that skip bayless shit you can Mm -hmm. eat up that barstool sports shit which is which is the reason why they're doing it they know exactly what they're doing they're not stupid they're doing it because they know that there's a lot of money to be made in that area one of the good things that's happened i think over just like the last two or three years is a lot of athletes have been able to take some of that platform back um a lot of athletes have great podcasts now that mm-hmm. talk to there's this podcast i forget what it's called um that's with Ryan Clark and Fred Taylor and uh Channing i forget Tatum. What the last guy's name not Channing Tatum um i think Channing Crowder anyways um that's a great podcast. I've talked about the Matt Barnes podcast, which Matt yeah. Barnes is a problematic person, but that that the conversations <laughs> on, on on those podcasts have been very very enlightening. Like mm-hmm. you know, especially when they have older people on, people that you know there is a that whose narratives have already been written, right? So somebody yeah. like Charles Barkley or Isaiah Thomas, I've already I already know what you know by the time I started watching sports. Their narratives were already written. They were troublesome guys or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Somebody like uh, Marshawn Lynch, um, Mm -hmm. while he was playing, you saw it happen because Marshawn Lynch was sold to us as this uh, aloof kind of asshole. And the only reason was because he didn't want to talk to the media because guess what? He doesn't, he shouldn't have to talk to the media. The media has been unfair to him and there's no reason for him to do it. But if you ever watch Marshawn Lynch outside of that outside of a press conference is an incredible person he's yeah he's awesome to watch and the stuff that he does off the you know off the field is also awesome and if you actually listen to these guys you know when they are talking about oh, these quote-unquote troublesome guys like russell westbrook is another one all oh, people have, hate his attitude
1: yeah
0: people hate the fact but it's no fuck you you yeah. know he's the one he needs to do what he needs to do to perform his, to perform his his art, essentially, right? To perform yeah. his job, right? And he should be given the freedom to do that. So I think it's getting better. I think one of the things that I saw recently, do you know the John Morant story?
2: No. Oh, the, the John Morant, Morant. story? Yeah, 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 I think so. So,
0: you know, John Morant is this superstar basketball player and he has the way that I viewed it, right? When I first saw it, and I'm, I'm still because I love John Morant's game. Uh, on the court. He is so much fun to watch. He's ferocious. He's all those amazing things, right? You love watching a John Moran game. Off the court, he's gotten into some trouble. He's gotten into some trouble that I think anyone would say is, it, it's trouble. I, again, I, I want to be careful in, in how I use these words, but you could say that it's foolish, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could say that it's not thought out because it isn't, right? He he did some stuff that he he should not have done. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see how that was covered recently because I know that there are certain people in that situation that I want to hear from. I don't want to hear from Skip Bayless. Right. Yeah. I will listen to a Jay Williams. I will listen to, I love Stephen A. Smith uh, for all his bombastic stuff or whatever. I think at the end of the day, Stephen A. Smith makes a lot of great points and he's very entertaining.
1: Yeah. I listen
0: to a Stephen A. Smith. Somebody like J.J. Reddick, who is, um, do you know who JJ Redick is? Okay. He's an ex basketball player. He's like a Duke guy. He's a white guy, right? Yeah. He has a podcast also, which is awesome when it comes to explaining the game. Yeah. Um, you know, just talking about the actual game. I mean, like JJ Redick is not somebody that I want to hear from in that moment. And I think JJ Redick, um, because he is a conscious person, he has yeah. not stepped into that. He has not talked yeah. about Jamal Murray because he also knows that some of you know he it's probably not his place. It's yeah. not his place to talk about anything off the court. It's his place is to talk about stuff that's on the court. So I'm hoping that it gets better. Um, and, um, you know, people can just go back to enjoying sports because the best part about sports is, you know, for all of the outside stuff that happens, right? Yeah. The actual sport, it is a meritocracy. You know, yeah. you put up points and you win, yeah. right? The rest of the stuff makes for very interesting conversations. If you are open to having conversations or if you want to be somebody who, you know, just wants to enjoy it for like the lizard brain part of your psyche where you just want to see wins and losses and blood and whatever. Yeah. You can do that too. Which hopefully, um, you know, we can evolve uh past that at some point. Because yeah. there's still a part of me that just wants to just root for my team because I love my team and everybody else is an asshole and should you know, it should just go away. But I know that's not true, but it's still fun just to kind of step into that from time to time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, segueing from sports to something more um silly, which is gossip. I've got some <laughs> news to share with you about single Tom Brady. Would you like to hear it?
0: I-, I have some news to share with you about single Tom Brady also.
2: Oh, my God. Is it the same news? Hold on. I'm going to read uh, it. Okay. Page six today reported. Single Tom Brady is the quote buzz of equestrian moms as he tours stables. I'm gonna read this to you because sometimes page six just fucking cracks me up. This is how it starts giddy up. Tom Brady is joining the likes of Bruce Springsteen, Michael Bloomberg and Bill Gates as a quote horse dad, as he supports his daughter Vivian's love of equestrian. The eligible football champ who recently announced his retirement again, was seen in the winter equestrian festival at Wellington international in Florida over the weekend. Um, Blah, blah, blah. It's like not far from his home, all this stuff. Who cares? Who cares? What in one haughty horse rider's opinion Quote, his daughter has been riding at a real dump of a barn. He's ready to up his game, the insider huffed. Uh, Okay, hold on. Having Brady potentially around the top stables is setting some human hearts racing, too. It's the buzz of equestrian moms that they are going to get to watch Brady ringside, says the source, joking of another famous horse dad. Bill Gates isn't really cutting it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor
0: Belle. Oh, wait, no, was he on the plane? Do we know whether or not he was on the plane or not? Uh,
2: the the Epstein plane? Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, we all have windows and stuff, so I guess <laughs> we have no choice here. Anyway, crack me up. So that's my, the news for um, me from me about sports. Can I ask you a
0: question? Yeah. <clears throat> As a feminist and uh-huh. a lover of women all across the world, uh-huh. the fact that poor Tom Brady
1: mm-hmm. Poor,
0: I mean not poor doting father Tom Brady mm-hmm. is lending his celebrity and mm-hmm. sex appeal to mm-hmm. grow the sport of female equestrian writing <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay he's supporting his daughter let's not make it bigger than it is okay relax Listen,
0: man how, how often do you hear about uh female equestrian writing I don't actually, I don't even know if there's a difference between female and male equestrian writing. I don't even know I hear about it a lot.
2: Okay. I've been hearing about it since Countess Luann (laughs) Delisette's daughter, Victoria, became an equestrian writer on like the first season of Real Housewives of New York, which was 20 years ago. So F you. Okay. Once
0: again, once again, the comps of superstar, all time legendary athletes (laughs) and a person from Real Housewives or the Bravo world.
2: Infuriating. Also related to the Bravo world and Real Housewives is there is rumored to be a new Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. And she is the wife of a athlete. Hold on. Hold on. And I wanted to know your opinion about this man. Um, Hold on. Why don't you riff for a second while I look this up? Uh, So
0: I will share my single Tom Brady news, which is uh, there was Instagram images of him practicing on the beach. With uh, Julian Edelman and okay. Rob Gronkowski. And I think somebody else. I forget who the third person was. Uh, maybe Danny Amendola. And uh, shirtless Tom throwing the passes around. Looks very good.
1: Okay. <laughs> he Broker. looks very
0: good. And I know he's retired. Um, and I am very happy with uh, Brock. Uh, and I'm rooting for Trey. And I'm happy about Sam Darnold, who we just signed also for the 49ers. But I'm saying, man. If Tom Brady wants to come back next year and just lead us to a Super Bowl, which oh, I have God. never experienced yeah, in uh, my life, I will fucking sign up for it.
2: He is making the ladies of the equestrian riding situation Barnes. Boisty. She's making. the <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> he's-, he's causing a buzz. OK, he doesn't have time for you. OK, do you know who Marcellus Wiley is? Yes, I do. OK, he's. he's- a- He's a former football player.
0: Yeah, I believe he used to play for the Chargers. But um, before, uh, aside from being a football player, I think he's been a, a sports media guy for like 20 years now.
2: Yeah, yeah. So his wife, Anne-Marie Wiley, is uh, filming, and we don't know if she's going to be an official housewife or a friend of. But, of course, as the Bravo people do, they immediately um, you know, do a little Google to find out what's going on. And Marcellus Wiley made headlines for being transphobic
0: oh really really
2: yeah what happened um i guess a while ago but he it must have been a while ago yeah he said that um he said that uh no trans he said quote no transgendered would play against any wily girls Uh, and then he also said that he would never transition his child. Um, when, uh, when the stuff was coming out about like Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, obviously supporting his daughter, Zaya. Mm -hmm. And so Marcellus was talking about how, um, yeah, about how. That's gotta be a couple of years ago. And that, you know what?
0: I had no idea about that. And that's unfortunate because Marcellus Wiley on TV, and I think just as a person, he's He's come off to me as a thoughtful person, so hearing that is troubling. Um, I would like to I think you know they should kind of put his feet to the fire now now that you know we the conversation has I think the conversation has progressed um, for a lot of people. I know that it's changed a lot in the way that I view these things compared to how I viewed these things 10 years ago. I'm hoping that Marcellus Wiley has, an answer for that because that is fucked up and that is not something that should be out there. I'm hoping with time and more information that he's gotten better about this stuff. So that sucks.
2: Also tweeted white privilege doesn't exist.
0: Oh, well, Marcellus, (laughs) (laughs) Marcellus, (laughs) buddy, what are we doing here? Who was I watching all these years?
2: (laughs) Uh, Oh God. (laughs) Um, yeah let me see what else is there did he get... oh yeah also uh, Anne-marie Wiley was tweeting stuff about like uh from Matt Walsh about gun control mm-hmm. um and it wasn't about gun control it was just about how the world is full of psychopaths and it doesn't matter if you take away the guns so
0: so you know what I'm gonna take this ball yeah <laughs> I'm gonna throw it back into your court oh because no you asked me to comment on this as a sports fan right yeah. As a Bravo fan, why are these people on TV?
2: That's a great question. And lucky for me is that I've made an entire um, side hustle out of the problematic people on reality TV. So I've created this empire, this teeny tiny empire here. Of me, you, and our handful of our listeners, I don't know what Bravo is thinking when they're doing that, but I think Mm -hmm. that a big part of it is that, unfortunately, like just like you said, that there is these the Skip Baylesses and all these people, right? The reality of our world is that the that as much as we would like to be a progressive, inclusive, uh, you know, very, um very liberal society. We are not. Mm-hmm. The United States yeah. is not. It just isn't. And a lot of the viewership of Bravo is still very problematic. White people or just mm-hmm. not just white people, even brown people are racist. Like but there's a lot of a lot of the viewership is racist, a lot of and I and that stuff comes out, man. It comes out all the time. Even some of the housewives are racist. Like Bethany Frankel still to this day when she talks about Real Housewives of Atlanta, she's always like weaves and wigs and uh, she'll always like, you know, knock her head back and forth and like yeah. wag her finger. The black scent comes out. And this is Bethany fucking Frankel. Like yeah. people who's who's the worst. But like the viewership is still very problematic and i think that bravo still tailors a lot of their stuff to those viewers and i think even now like there's there are people that will still come across this podcast and be like i wish you wouldn't talk so much about s- politics and like what are you doing here like what what are you thinking right um and i think like there's still i think that bravo still kind of like panders to that a little bit um, because, and I think also Bravo wants to do the thing that gets them trending. It's not like sports where it's a meritocracy. It's all just about like, what is the most trending thing, right? Like, yeah. um, right now it's Vanderpump rules. It's that stuff is like going crazy. Bravo's playing old episodes of Vanderpump rules around the clock. Like, With television, especially the way it is now, I think that they want to just get a buzz going and people talking Mm -hmm. about it because there are different ways of them to get eyes and publicity. And bad publicity is still good publicity. So yeah, I think
0: I don't know if you watched uh, this week's Succession yet. I'm sure we're going to speak. I didn't,
2: so we're going to talk about it later because I'm going to watch it while I'm blow drying my hair.
0: (laughs) That's something that that hopefully we can touch on, right? It is that. I understand that drama creates buzz, which creates, at the, at the end of the day, it just creates money, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what's happening in a lot of aspects of sports coverage is the drama is a lot of fun to watch un- until it gets stupid like it did this, you know, yesterday.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and I think you can, once again, you can make a lot of money selling drama. Yeah. In reality TV, the Bravo world, it's like you know, with sports, there is there is this concrete thing at the end of the day, which is the actual game, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever game that is, so you can settle the stuff over there. And then from that, you get everything else. With something like Bravo, it's just the everything else, right? It's yeah. the everything else, and it makes you a lot of money. Um, but I also think that it's hollow and hopefully it's you know, I don't watch reality TV because I'm just a better person and no, I'm joking. Oh, okay. I don't watch reality TV because I don't have time. Um, but I can understand the allure of it, right? It's part of the reason why I watch sports is because of the drama. Um, but I think it just. I
2: think that it... there's. Yeah. Okay. I think that there's a way for, like, I always say this. I think that it's, there's a possibility to create drama that is not uh sexist or racist or Mm -hmm. like offensive or xenophobic right like i think that there's like even if you think about like early seasons of new jersey right it wasn't about anything except for like a family drama or early seasons of new york where it was literally just about like high society women just being mean to alex mccord because she lived in brooklyn and everybody else (laughs) lived in manhattan like it's it's that's the stuff that's like you know that's the stuff that like we do that are is reality tv that doesn't necessarily get into murky waters when it comes to like race or um you know your sexual orientation and stuff like that so i think that there because that's the stuff that's always interesting to me like right now the reason why vanderpump rules right now is so exciting is because people that we cared about cheated on each other and so now we're talking about like betrayal and like lying and friendships right or like there's another show called Summer House and on Summer House right now, the big fight is that this, uh, this, the there's a group of three best friends, the, there's two girls and a guy, the guy wa- is newly sober and he starts dating one of the girls mm-hmm. and the third person in that friend group becomes very concerned and she's like, I think that you guys might be rushing this because he's newly sober. And so she's, like, raising concerns to her friends about mm-hmm. that. And the couple ends up getting engaged. They're now engaged. And so this season, we're literally watching this, like, best friend group fall apart because of legitimate concerns. And it has nothing to do with race and it has nothing to do with anything else. It literally just has to do with, like, how your dynamics as, like, human beings, you're, like, Friendship dynamics change when people get into relationships or deal with sobriety and stuff. It has nothing to do with anything problematic, you know? That's the Mm -hmm. stuff that I think is actually interesting. Can I admit something? What?
0: Um, I have been secretly hoping (sighs) that this Ariana, what do you call it, Uh Scandaval? Scandaval is the name of the scandal? Yeah. I've been secretly hoping that it comes up on my YouTube Without me searching for it. Because oh. I'm interested in the story. Because of how we've talked about it. Right? But I also don't want to mess up my algorithm. So it starts like recommending. Like uh, Vanderpump Rules bullshit to me. So if you could let me know. Where has it been revealed on the show yet? Have those episodes
2: aired? No they have not aired oh, yet. Okay. All right, but ahead. I think we're getting there. Yeah. Um, I'll let you know. And I'll give you my Please. Peacock login. So you could just watch oh, thank it <laughs> You. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. um anyway, that's the end of this episode. Um, thanks everybody for being here listening. We'll be back later to talk about succession and then I'll be also on, what you are you' raising your hand? what do you want?
0: I have a dumb thing that I wanted to I don't know if we should save it for a later time. do you want do you just want a stupid uh, like stupid five minutes?
2: Yeah, give me stupid Is that five minutes. So as
0: you know, I've been going through my egg and cheese.
2: Oh, Testament. yes, right, of course,
0: please. <laughs> Gouda Week, by the way, sliced Gouda Week was spectacular. Oh,
1: great. Uh, sliced,
0: a very luxurious cheese. It melts perfectly, but it also retains a lot of its structure. And the taste itself, it's like, it, there's like hints of flavor. You feel like, okay, you know what? I'm, it feels luxurious. Okay. Anyways, right now is uh, smoked provolone week oh smoke provolone is good it's okay but the one thing that i noticed about it is and this is uh something that i think is kind of a recent event in our lives and when i say recent i say like the last 15 20 years is it (laughs) has what i would describe as a hammy taste oh right (laughs) Now that hammy taste is something that we did not grow up with because uh-huh. there was no access to ham Mm-mm. in Saudi Arabia. But we recognize that hammy taste when we've tasted ham by mistake. Yeah. Uh, the thing that uh, I think the, the 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 one sandwich that really struck out to me with the hammy taste was the chicken frontega at Panera Bread, <laughs> where you taste it and you're like, wait a second.
2: This is pork. Is this
0: something? <laughs> yeah, this is pork, right? Because it's <laughs> a smoked flavor, right? <laughs> So my question
2: to you Can is... Can I just say, by the way, I fuck up a Frontega chicken. I love a Frontega chicken. Go on. Yes,
0: I know. So the, I, I, that was actually going to be my question. Now that we have identified the hammy taste, right? Okay. Is that something that you crave? Or are you still like, you know what? I'm still on the fence. I don't know if this is something that I should be eating or should not be eating.
2: So I actually don't love a super smoked taste. Okay. Um, I don't love that super smoked taste. I don't like to bite into something and go, am I going to burn in hell? Because, <laughs> okay, so there's a egg white turkey bacon breakfast sandwich at, tur- mm-hmm. at Starbucks. Yes. And it's really good. But yeah. recently, like, I'm, and recently, I mean, like, at least five to six years ago, they changed the turkey bacon. So it's not crispy. It's kind of more like a turkey ham. Meaning yeah. like it's more of like a deli type situation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not as, it's not the crispy bacon that I was like, turkey bacon that I was used to. And I remember the first time I ate, I was like, this is bacon. Like this is yeah. real. And so I had a friend taste it and she was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. This is ham. And I was like, this is ham. Like they're giving you ham. And then I asked one lady soon after that and she was like, nope, this is definitely turkey bacon. I can't eat that sandwich anymore. Because oh. I just I can't. I don't like it. I wish that it didn't taste like that. And I like yeah. smoked stuff. Like I love a smoked chicken or like I even love turkey bacon. There's a there's um a pepper turkey bacon at Trader yeah. Joe's that's so freaking good and is definitely like more like you know smoky bacony tasting. Yeah. But I don't crave that. Like it's fine when it's there, but it's not something that I. And I don't know if it's just because you know I grew up never having it, and I'm like I'm just associating now with your provolone smoky, provolone provolone. Are mm-hmm. you getting that feeling? And do you feel like it? Do you love it?
0: I don't <laughs> love it. That's the thing. I think smoke provolone week is not going to be very successful. You don't love I fear. It. Yeah, Yesterday what? when I. I bit into it. I was like, there's a lot of flavor here. I'll eat it because obviously I've been fasting all day. I will eat it. I will eat it again today because I didn't get another cheese between yesterday and today. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to run this packet out. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. It, It's a taste that I did not grow up with. I went without for like 25 years of my life. Yeah, it's not a taste that I necessarily need in my life. I'm okay without the
2: (laughs) candy. Do are you also nervous that like once you go down this road, next next stop, Bacon City?
0: (laughs) Well, so I know for a fact that I I would love bacon. I would eat the (laughs) shit out of bacon. Like turkey bacon (laughs) is great. Um, I've had, uh, for a long time, I used to eat the potato skins with the little bacon cutlets, leaving, like the bacon bits on bacon there, because or... I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember at one, um, a holiday party that I attended with our mother. We're both garfing and Diamond, by the way. Don't <laughs> let that lady tell you otherwise. And I, I finally asked, and then we figured out that, oh, okay, it's bacon. So yeah. then we got another round without yeah. the bacon. Not as good. Not nearly as good. Nope. No way.
2: No way. I'm telling you. Okay. Uh, pancetta
0: yeah
2: is the best okay <laughs> it's straight up it's just it's like italian bacon it's like yeah. extra nice oh it's, I, pancetta I like is it's, so good but yeah, yeah i can't i think i am worried about it being a slippery slope to pork town for me <laughs> I, you know
0: i think the one thing that i am sure of is like pork chop just a name pork chop is no something way. i never No, 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 no
2: thanks. Yeah,
0: it's the pork.
2: It's the The pork pork, and pork chop. We're revolted
0: by the word pork.
2: Also ham. Like I'm not interested in ham. No, no. get out of here. One time, my father-in-law asked me. He was like, "If you guys are getting hamburgers from a halal place, how does that make any sense?" And I was like, "There's no ham in the hamburger." He was like, "Why would they put ham in it?" And I was like, "It's from Hamburg." Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I think like for a lot of our family, yeah, like ham, even turkey bacon. Like mm-hmm. that for a while, I think like was like kind of a, kind of a question mark in my with my in laws too. They were like, "What do you mean? Why is it called bacon if it's turkey?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know where to start with you." But <laughs> I think that there's like a lot of like association with it, like maybe not being so good. But yeah. anytime I've had it, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh.